Well, how many of you, when you were kids, your parents said things that just absolutely drove you crazy? And you're like, you know what, I'm never going to say that to my kids. And then once you have kids, what happens? You say that to your kids, right? It used to drive me crazy. I would say, do it because I told you so or because I said so. Oh, you're building character. I hated that. Picking up dog poop in the backyard builds character. You're becoming a better person, right? You know, mowing the yard makes you a better person. And I hated that. You know what I tell my kids all the time? You're building character. Cutting wood is good for you. It makes you a better person, right? And, uh, you know, we, because we know deep down in our hearts that we learn through adversity, right? We learn through hardship. We become better through hardship. But that's not something we ever want to experience in our lives. And we've been going through a series here the last uh, couple weeks called The War of Doubt. And we're talking about doubt because, you know what, as Christians, we all at some point have doubt. We all wonder why things happen in our lives. We wonder why God is allowing things to happen in our lives. And, and this isn't something we talk about in church a lot because a lot of times as Christians, if we have doubts, we feel a little bit guilty, don't we? We're kind of afraid to take that to God. You know, we're, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to know better. I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to understand this. And so we've been talking about this. If you missed a message, you can go back on our, uh, our website, lexag.org. You can click on the messages there. You can listen to that or watch that there. Uh, I encourage you to do that if you missed one. Uh, but we're going to turn today to Philippians chapter 10, or chapter 4. There's not 10 chapter. But Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. And so, Lord, today I pray as we look into your word that you would speak to us. Uh, Lord, I know this isn't an, an easy topic to talk about, uh, but Lord, I pray you would speak to us today and draw us near to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So look at this, this passage. This is one we read a lot around Thanksgiving. Uh, we read a lot about being thankful. Uh, and sometimes we take this a little bit out of context. So Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10. Paul's talking to the church in Philippi, and he says, How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Now that I, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be, what is that word? Content. We hate that word, don't we? <laughs> content. I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. For I can do what? Everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's the New Living Translation. I like how that word's that. Paul's saying, I have learned how to be what? content. Was Paul's life easy? No, far from it. Um, and so he said, I've learned how to be content. So today we're going to talk about how to learn through doubt, how to learn through adversity, how to learn through hardship. So the first week of this, we talked about what to do when we're doubting and while we're waiting. And the first week we said that if it seems like God is silent, he's really not absent. If it seems like God is absent, he's really not. He's not unconcerned. He cares about what we're going through, but sometimes it seems that way. Last week, we talked about dealing with disillusionment when we don't understand God's plan and we get frustrated. What do we do? Today, we're going to talk about how to be content in the midst of doubt, in the midst of hardship a little bit. Uh, and I actually got some of this. I was inspired some by a, a teaching by Andy Stanley called In the Meantime. That's on Right Now Media that we showed you this morning. If you're interested, you can go back, and it's like really long teaching on this. Um, but So let's look at a little bit of background. Paul said, I've learned to be content. Well, what did Paul have to be content about? 
So let's talk a little bit about who Paul was. Well, first, he was a religious leader in Israel. Paul was a Pharisee. Now remember, if that word sounds familiar, those are the guys who antagonized Jesus all the time, right? The Pharisees. They were the leaders. They were the elite teachers in Israel. There were two sects, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Paul was a Pharisee. He was taught by the greatest rabbi around. So, I mean, Paul had like a Harvard education. I mean, he, he had great credentials, right? Paul was really in it. He was trained by the best rabbis. He was really zealous. Like, he was really passionate. Uh, we read in the book of Acts that Paul was actually hounding the church when Christianity started taking off. He said, no, no, no. <laughs> this isn't happening. And he, he got letters from the chief priests to come and actually drag them to jail. He was actually taking Christians out of their homes and imprisoning them. Some say probably even murdering some of them. Uh, so he was, he was a rock star in the Jewish religion. You know, he was like the the, the Stephen Furtick of the day, or, you know, whoever, Billy Graham. I mean, he was way up there. He was a famous rabbi, or a famous Pharisee. And then Paul had an encounter with Jesus. We read this in the book of Acts as he was on the road to Damascus. Jesus showed up and blinded him and knocked him off his horse and spoke in a loud voice and blinded him for a couple days and, and told him, hey, you're really persecuting me. And so Paul had an encounter with Jesus. Paul came to Christ and right after the resurrection, shortly after that. And so Paul became a Christian. And not just a Christian, Paul became one of the leaders of the early church. He wrote a little over a third of the New Testament that we have in our Bibles today. Paul planted churches. Paul encouraged Christians. Paul did all kinds of amazing things for Jesus after he had this encounter with him. But, so, Paul was this guy who had incredible faith. We figure Paul's life should be pretty easy, right? Because he's doing everything right. Not really, huh? And so we see that Paul had a massive hardship. I mean, Paul had a lot of hardships, but he had one that was really big that actually writes about. And so, I mean, Paul was beaten. He was beaten so bad they left him for dead, drug him outside of town and left him laying there, and he, he got back up and went back into town. Uh, he was shipwrecked. There was a time where he was building a fire, and he threw a piece of wood on, and a snake lashed onto his hand, and all the natives said, oh, he's dead. And he kind of shook the snake off and didn't die. Um, I mean, Paul saw all kinds of miracles, incredible things in his life, but Paul had this hardship. If you have your Bibles, you can look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're also going to have it on the screen here. If you have the Uversion Bible app on your phone, uh, you can actually go there and go to events and all the notes are there. But I want to I read this together, and I kind of bolded a little bit of this. Paul says this, even, oh now, right before this, Paul had an incredible vision. God allowed Paul to see heaven right? He saw incredible things. He says, stuff I can't even talk about. Amazing, amazing things. And he says, so even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming what? Proud. I was given. Look at that. Given. Paul said, I was given by who? God. I was given a thorn in my flesh. Now, I'm from Missouri. In Missouri, we have these things called goat heads. You probably have them here. They're from the devil. I kid you not. They stick on everything. And they don't come out. Like, you have to pull them out. I mean, they're horrible. Whenever time I think of a thorn, I think of goat heads. Straight from Satan. So I was given a thorn in my flesh, a what? Messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming what? Proud. Paul said, I was given this. Given this thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan. God gave me a messenger from Satan in my life to keep me from becoming proud. 
Three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. He said, I didn't just say a quick prayer. I begged God to take this away. Each time, he said, my grace, grace is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my what? Weaknesses. So that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles so that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. Guys, this is incredible. This is Paul. Paul who wrote almost half the New Testament, over a third of the New Testament. Paul who planted churches. Paul who saw miracles. Paul who saw young men raised from the dead because he preached so long they fell out a window and died. Paul saw incredible things, but he had a massive hardship in his life. So what was Paul's perspective on this? That's what I really want to hit on today. Paul had this incredible hardship, but what was his perspective? Well, how did he describe it in this passage? We looked a little bit about it. How did he describe it? He said he was given this hardship. Given like a gift. Like, hey, Paul, here you go. He said, I was given a hardship. Guys, sometimes we have things going on in our lives and we say, oh, the devil's attacking me. And sometimes he is. I've had times in my life where I'm going through a hardship and I have to say, Rex was an idiot, right? Rex made a bad choice. <laughs> and so he's suffering that. But sometimes, guys, Paul tells us sometimes these hardships in our lives are actually from God. And this is not something in North American Christianity we look at very much. We don't want to think God could be allowing me to go through this. But he's not doing it because he's mad, right? He's doing it for what? A reason. So it was a hardship. He called it a thorn, something that tormented him over and over and over again. You ever stepped on a sticker barefooted? How's that feel? <laughs> yeah, that's terrible, right? And that's kind of the picture here. It's this thorn in his flesh. Something is hanging on and it torments him. It, this is not like five vanity pounds, right? This is something that was tormenting him. It was humiliating to him. He called it a messenger from Satan. This was a painful, ongoing problem. And he said it kept him from becoming what? Proud. This thorn in his flesh was given for a reason to help him grow spiritually. Guys, sometimes God allows us to go through things. Sometimes God even sends us things to help us grow. And this isn't something we like to think about. We just think, God, send a blessing. <laughs> okay, here's a hardship. Wait, what? No, that's not what I asked for. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right? If you go to the YMCA and you ask one of the trainers, help me get in shape. I say, okay, <laughs> I'm going to give you what? Hardship. And you're going to pay me for it, right? I mean, that's an amazing thing. <laughs> that's how this works. God says, here, I want to help you grow. I want to help you become the person I've called you to be, the person I've created you to be. And sometimes to get there, you have to go through a hardship. So what did he do with this hardship? What did he do with it? Well, first, he prayed about it. It's okay to pray that God takes these hardships away. Let's see here in a minute. Even Jesus did that. He prayed about it. He actually begged God. He pleaded with God, please take this thing away from me. And we don't know what this thing was. Some people think maybe it was an eye problem. Some people think maybe he was epileptic. He had seizures. Some people think he had malaria. 
that was ongoing. I mean, there's all kinds of different theories about this. We have no idea. Paul left it vague intentionally, but he said it was a messenger from Satan that tormented me. So he prayed about it, and when he prayed about it, guess what he did? He heard from God. Praying about this thing drew him closer to God. He heard from God. He said, each time I prayed, God answered me. He heard about from from the Lord. And he said, my grace is what you need. My grace is it. Now, Paul said, I prayed about it. He said, I I heard from God. He didn't go around complaining about it. He didn't go around saying, oh, feel bad for me. He said, I delight in this weakness, right? So he prayed about it. He heard from God, and then he accepted it. He accepted that this was something that he was going to deal with. Now, this wasn't a sin. This wasn't a sinful habit that he had. This wasn't something he shouldn't be doing. This was something that came from God, and it was a physical thing that tormented him. And he said, okay, I'm going to accept this, and I'm going to do what? I'm going to grow from this. I'm going to go through this. Because when I'm weak, when I can't do this on my own, I get stronger in Christ. And guys, some of you are here, and there's things going on in your life, and you say, I don't understand I don't understand why this hardship is coming. I don't understand why I can't get past this thing. I don't understand why this is happening to me. Sometimes God's saying, hey, I want to help you grow through this. I can tell you, my family and I, we've been through some hard times. And I hated it. I hated it. I said, God, please take this away. And when I came out the other side, you know what I learned? We were stronger through it. We were stronger spiritually through that. We were stronger as a family through that. Did it? Was it enjoyable? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't tell you how many times I just begged and pleaded, God, please, please, please get us out of this situation. And eventually did, but we had to learn through it. And sometimes these things go longer, I think. This is just me. I, this, isn't, this is just me. I think sometimes these things go on longer because we refuse to learn from it. That, Paul didn't say that. That's just, this is Rex down here saying this. This is not Rex preaching. But this is my opinion. I think sometimes we have to learn, and sometimes we won't learn. And so God says, well, here, let, let it go a little longer. Maybe. I don't know. So he heard from God, and he accepted it. I love this quote from Andy Stanley. He said, embracing your inability is a prerequisite to experiencing Christ's ability. Embracing your inability is a prerequisite to experiencing Christ's ability. When I understand I can't do this on my own, that's when I get stronger in Christ because I depend on Him. When I realize I can't do this in my own strength, when you realize you can't do this in your own strength, that's when you get stronger. That's when it becomes a good thing, right? That's when it becomes positive. But if I just sit there and moan about it and whine about it, I'm not going to get anywhere. He accepted it. So Paul said, I delight in my weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution. Because when I'm weak, then I am strong. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. When you're weak, then you're strong. When we're weak together, we're strong together, right? And many of us have seen this in our own lives. We'll be going along and things are going great. We say, woohoo, life is good. And we kind of stop depending on Christ as much, don't we? Start thinking, oh, I got this. I'm fine. And then tragedy comes or hardship comes. And what do we do? We go right back to the Lord and we start living good. And then, 
It's this vast cycle. We saw this in the Old Testament with the Israelites. Things would be going good, you know, the land's producing great crops and everything's good, and they kind of forget about God. Then he would send another nation. Send another nation, right? Take them over, he would raise up a judge, the judge would deliver them, they'd come back to Christ, and it was just kind of this vast cycle. That's why Jesus came, that we wouldn't have to have that cycle anymore, right? So he accepted it. So what did Paul accept? Well, Paul realized that his hardship was from the hand of God. It was given with a purpose. It was given with a what? Purpose. It was given with a purpose. Please, please hear that today, guys. This hardship, sometimes we think, well, God doesn't love me because I'm going through this. God doesn't love me because I'm dealing with this depression. God doesn't love me because I'm dealing with this sickness. God doesn't love me because I'm dealing with this. No. It was given with a purpose. It wasn't a punishment. It was a purpose to keep Paul from becoming, what? Proud. Guys, sometimes God allows these things in our lives so that we know that we need him. It's given with a purpose. So please, please hear me today. Don't say, well, I'm going through this hardship and I don't think God loves me anymore. I'm going through this hardship and I don't feel like God is with me anymore. I don't feel like God is listening to me anymore. It could be that God is trying to grow us through this process. And again, it could be because we just made a bonehead mistake, but it could be because God is trying to grow us through this. If you remember from the first week in this message, we talked about John the Baptist. He was a guy that Jesus said, there is nobody else on earth like him. He's an incredible man. No one has been born of a woman greater than John the Baptist. And where was John? In prison at the time. Because he was preaching the truth, he ended up in prison. It wasn't because he stole something or, you know, took a camel for a joyride that wasn't his. It was because he was preaching the word and he ended up in prison. And he sent a message to Jesus and said, hey, did I blow this? Are you the one who was supposed to come or are we supposed to be waiting on somebody else? He had doubts. We all have doubts. We all have hardships. And, and Jesus was using that. We looked at the story of Joseph. God was using his trouble to grow him, to get him ready for the next thing. And so, guys, sometimes we have to understand that God gives these things with a purpose. Even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in Luke chapter 22, verses 41 and 42, right before he went to the cross, it says he walked away about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He knew he had to. He didn't want that hardship, but he knew it would end up good. He says, yet I want what? Your will to be done, not mine. Jesus understood that hardship was for a purpose. So what do we, what do we learn from this today, guys? What is the conclusion here? What do we learn? Well, first, we have to accept the hardships. When hardships come in our lives, guys, we have to be willing to accept them. God, I don't like this. I'm asking you to take this away just like Jesus did, but not my will, but let your will be done. Lord, I don't like going through this. I thank you that you're with me in the midst of it, but Lord, let your will be done in my life. Let your will be done through this hardship. Guys, we have a generation. We have quite a few of them here. My grandparents are in this generation. You know what we call this generation? The greatest generation, right? 
That's what they're called, the greatest generation. Why are they called that? Because they grew through adversity. Those guys went through incredible, incredible hardships, wars, shortages, right? They grew through that. And then they gave our, my parents' generation pretty much everything they want. My generation grew up, and we had pretty much everything we wanted. And now we don't know how to deal with hardship anymore, <laughs> right? We say, oh, we're out of toilet paper. The world's over. Our grandparents are like, grab a leaf. Grab a newspaper, right? You'll be okay. I love my grand. My grandma, to this day, can still run circles around me. I mean, she's the, one of the toughest little ladies I've ever met in my life. She was a bus driver. She terrified kids. I kid you not. She was an EMT. She was a hardworking farm lady. And <laughs> we'd go out in the fields, and I would help my grandparents on their farm in Missouri. And we'd have blisters, you know, that bled and from chopping cotton. And she'd be like, you're fine. Put alcohol on it. That was her answer for everything. Put alcohol on it. I found I could scream like a girl when I put alcohol on blisters. But you know what she was teaching me? Suffering's okay. You grow through it. Some of you have taught your kids that same thing. Suffering helps get you better. You can learn from this. So we have to, we have to accept the adversity and we have to grow through the hardship. We have to grow through it. We have to understand that we can grow through these things. These things can be good for us even though they're not pleasant. God uses adversity in the life of the believer to help us grow. So guys, some of you are in the midst of stuff right now. I don't know your story, but some of you are in the middle right now and you're saying, God, why? Maybe God is teaching you. Maybe God is allowing you to grow through this hardship. And then lastly, we learn contentment. And this is where we started. So how did Paul get to the point where in Philippians he could say, I've learned to be content in every circumstance, whether I have a lot or I have little, whether I'm in a hardship or I'm in a good place. How did he learn that? Through adversity. Paul learned this through adversity. Paul learned this through doubt. Paul learned this through going through hardships and learning to trust in God. And he says, now I can take whatever comes my way. Because I know God is with me through this, right? We can say, I've been through that. And then Paul talks about later, he says, you can use the comfort that God has given you to do what? Comfort others in their adversity, in their hardship, because you've been through it. Some of you guys have incredible stories of how God has come through in your life and helped you grow because you accepted hardship and learned from it, and he took you through it. So I'm going to ask the worship team if they can come up today. Guys, if you're physically able, would you stand with me? Those of you at home, if you're able, would you stand right where you're at? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that going through hardship, even though it's not pleasant, can be good for us. It can help us grow. It can help us learn to trust in you. It can help us learn to know you better. And so, Lord, I just pray for every single one of us in this room today that in the midst of hardship, the Lord, that you would encourage us today. If there are any of us here at home watching and we're in the middle of a hardship, Father, would you teach us through this time to trust you more? Would you help us to learn through the doubt? Would you help us to learn through the hardships? 
Would you help us to trust you more? I'm just going to ask each one of us just to close our eyes for a moment and just get alone with God and allow him to speak to us today. Allow him to encourage us today. If you're here this morning, if you're at home and you say, you know, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Christ like you've talked about. I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I've never started that. But I want that today. I want that forgiveness. I want that hope today. Would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? We want to pray with you this morning. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you up front. We just want to pray together. So I'm going to ask you guys to say a prayer with me. We're going to pray with all those at home because we can't see them. But I'm just going to ask you all to say this prayer with me. And this is just simply you talking to Christ. This isn't a magic thing. This is just you talking to the Lord. So would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your incredible love for me. Thank you for taking my place on that cross, for taking my sins and making a new way for me to be forgiven. And I admit that I've made mistakes. I've sinned. Please forgive me for that. Please bring me to you. Make me new. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you prayed that prayer that Christ makes us a brand new creation. He makes us new. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe gave your life back to the Lord, would you catch one of us in leadership and talk to us? We want to give you a gift that goes along with that. Now, I'm going to ask you guys today, if you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor, I am in the midst of hardship. (laughs) I'm going through it right now, and I just need God to encourage me, to let me know that it's for a purpose, that I can grow through that. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? We're going to pray for you right where you're at. I'm going through a hardship right now. I just need God to encourage me, to strengthen me through this. Let's pray. Father, I just pray for all those who raised their hands, all those at home as well today. Lord, they're going through hardship. Father, will you encourage them today? Would you let them know that hardship comes with a purpose? Hardship comes with a promise as well, that we'll get through it with you, that you'll be with us in the midst. But Lord, sometimes we have to go through hardships to learn and to grow. And would you help us to understand and remember that? Father, would you encourage us? Let us know that we're not in this alone, but you're still with us. In Jesus' name, amen.